Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel reading of Mark, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here we are once again joining Jesus by the sea. And if you were here two weeks ago, you may remember that we read the story of Jairus's daughter being raised from the dead after Jesus healed the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. The same gospel reading for this week. And if you were here two weeks ago, you might remember the focus was solely on the woman who had been healed. So this week, we're going back to the story to finish the second miracle that takes place, the healing of Jairus' daughter. But before I go any further, it is important for me to ask this question. Do you believe in miracles? Now, I have in the past taken two dictionary definitions of the word miracle to define a miracle as something that surpasses human powers and understanding that is caused by God. We could also define it using Jesus' own words from the Gospel of Matthew, that a miracle is something that is impossible for man, but possible for God. So, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that God can do the impossible, that nothing is too hard for God? Jairus believed in miracles. That's why he came to Jesus to help his dying daughter. We see him fall at Jesus' feet and say, Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. But sometimes faith only takes you so far. The messengers from Jairus' household didn't think that Jesus was able to raise the dead. Because after the daughters die, they tell Jairus that they shouldn't trouble the teacher, Jesus, anymore. Jesus responds with, Do not fear, only believe. Now we can take this statement from Jesus and Put those words we just heard into it. With man, raising your daughter from the dead is impossible. But I am both God and man, and with me all things are possible. So they continue to Jairus' house. But for people that do not believe in miracles, I mean, this might be hard to believe. And we see that with the reactions of the people who are at Jairus' house when the group arrives and all of the people are mourning the loss. And Jesus says to them, Why are you weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, regardless if they knew who Jesus was or not, they knew this child was dead. I mean, Jesus, he just arrived. He hasn't seen this girl, right? I mean, we've seen her. We found no heartbeat. She's not breathing. Nah, she's dead. Jesus, you're crazy. 
I mean, you can imagine that's what the people were thinking because they laughed at Jesus. And this laughter isn't some uncomfortable, ha-ha, Jesus, good one, no, but really she's dead. No, this is a, who do you think you are? We know better than you. You don't know anything. You don't know any better than us. This is mocking laughter. This is ridicule. This is, you're crazy, Jesus. So you can understand why Jesus kicks them all out of the house, right? And only keeps the parents and his closest disciples. But if you're someone who believes in miracles and believes that Jesus can heal, can raise the dead, that this little 12-year-old girl is sleeping, in the sense that she is not sleeping permanently, because that is death that you won't come back from, which, by the way, is the same way that Jesus describes Lazarus before he brings him back to life as well. If you believe in miracles, that with God all things are possible, then when Jesus takes her hand and tells her to wake up, to arise, and she does, well, then you wouldn't be laughing at it. You'd be amazed by it, which is how all of those who saw it felt. But here's the thing. We don't always believe in miracles. Not all the time. In fact, we don't even believe all the time. Right? We doubt. We take Jesus' words that with man certain things are impossible, like our salvation, and we say, nah, it's possible for me. We take Jesus' words and we laugh at him in a mocking, ha, I know what's best for me in my life kind of way. So rather than putting our faith, our hope, our trust in God, we put it in ourselves. And that's really what sin is. It's putting ourselves in the position of God and determining the things that we will follow and not follow, what rules, commands we choose to keep based on our decisions, not letting God be God. Trying to do the impossible because we, in our sinful, selfish natures and desires, think it's possible. And what we deserve for our sinful, selfish ways isn't to be kicked out of the house, not to be cast out of the church. It's to be cast out of God's presence for all eternity. It's death. It's eternal death. It's hell. That's what we all deserve because we have all sinned and we have all been unworthy of God and we are all worthy of God's wrath and his punishment. But that is exactly why Jesus came. And we'll get to more on that in a moment. But before we do, I want to go back to this laughter. Because you see, this, this story isn't the first time someone has laughed at God. You heard it earlier in the Old Testament reading today. God visits Abraham and tells him that next year he is going to have a son with Sarah. Sarah, who is outside listening, laughs at this. Now, this isn't the first time that Abraham has heard this news, and he laughed the first time he heard it as well. 
because he was going to be 100 and she was going to be 90. However, he didn't get called out on his laughter like Sarah does. So when Sarah hears it, for sure, she does come from a place of disbelief. Because at this point, her body has stopped doing the things a woman's body does, telling her she's able to have kids. And she believes that she is too old to have a child. She doubts these words. And she laughs. She laughs at God. Because of their advanced age, and her especially, she doubts that God can create life. Or at least create life in her old womb. Yet how does God respond? Is anything too hard for the Lord? In other words, all things are possible with God. And to add a little humor into their life, God told them what the child's name would be. Chosen before he is born, the name of Isaac, which means he laughs. Maybe as the reminder that Abraham laughed and doubted God. They have this visual reminder of God's miracle in their life, that all things are possible with God. Creation of life out of something that doesn't seem to be able to give life. Or creating something from nothing. Kind of reminds me of the original story of creation. After God creates Adam from the ground and Eve from Adam, God says his creation is very good. Compared to those first five days when he just said it was good. How is it possible that life is created from nothing, that all of this came from nothing? All things are possible with God. How about another creation story, right? Similar to Abraham and Sarah, creation of life out of something that doesn't seem to be able to give life. Not an old womb, but how about a virgin womb? God is going to create life from a woman and himself by the Holy Spirit. Mary doesn't laugh, but is taken by surprise and wonders how it is possible. To which the angel responds, Nothing is impossible with God. And similar to Abraham and Sarah's story, Jesus' name was chosen for him before he was born. And the meaning behind it is even greater than Isaac's. Because his name isn't just a reminder for his parents. His name is significant for all of us. In fact, his birth is so significant that a heavenly host of angels rejoices at the birth of the Christ child. His name and his life have eternal consequences for all of us because he will save his people from their sins. Yet when Jesus grows up to be a man, both God and man, he talks about who he is and he begins to show people and some people don't believe him. 
and they laugh at him. Why? Because no one can bring life back from the dead. And so Jesus raises Jairus' daughter because all things are possible with God. And he is showing them that he is God by raising her from the dead. She was dead and is now alive. And all of those people now have a constant reminder of the work that God had done before them. Of course, this picture of this girl being raised from the dead is a picture of Jesus' death that was still to come. There were those who mourned his death. The disciples, the other women, his mother. There were those who laughed at the idea that he could raise himself after three days. The mockers, the scoffers, the Pharisees and Sadducees, even while he was on the cross. Saving the people from their sins. Rising from the dead. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Because God can create life out of death. Give eternal life from his death. And the resurrection is the seal of approval from God, the guarantee that Jesus paid for the sins of the whole world, for your sins and mine. From all of our selfish, sinful desires, when we doubt, when we play God, Jesus died for all of it. And he raises himself from the dead because with God all things are possible. And in Jesus' resurrection, just like his birth, the angels rejoice and tell the good news. He is not dead. He is alive, just as he said he would be. So does God create life? You bet. Has he created you? Certainly. Does God raise the dead? You bet. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Certainly. Will God raise you? For man, this is impossible. But for God, it's not just possible. It is guaranteed. Because just as Jesus redeemed your life from sin and death on the cross, so too for those who believe. Because he rose from the dead, he will raise your body to life everlasting on the last day. That is reason to rejoice. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.